Okay, sorry, At least sorry, you leave Charlie. your phone in the men's room. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask if that was someone calling from the men's room. So, <laughs> so when you have someone on speakerphone, how awkward is that conversation? <laughs> Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we find the coolest university innovations and technologies so that you don't have to. We like to serve up these big solutions to big problems to add to the volume of those innovations and hopefully help them become actual things that live on a shelf somewhere. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Joe Rungi, Dr. Law Dog. Yes. Entrepreneurial Werewolf. Can't forget that one. All kinds of vaguely canine things. <laughs> vaguely. Uh, and also joined by Tyler Scher, PhD, and our science wizard in yeah. the room. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, Tyler? Good. How are you doing, Charlie? <clears throat> uh, d- thank you. Please take a moment to rate the podcast. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Please tell everyone at school all about it, how awesome it is. We're looking to become the front porch for all academic innovation worldwide, and we need your help to do it. Yes, we want to we want to represent uh, not just technologies in Nebraska, but uh, universities everywhere. So uh, please help us spread the word so we can can uh, raise the volume on all these things. Okay, all that said, I think it's time we went over something. I think it's going to be um, in the news. I think in the next couple of weeks, anyway. Um, election security. I think um, there's been some talk about that, um, and. I'm curious if there's anything going on at the university level anyway about trying to fix some of these potential issues with election security. Well, I think it's really interesting, Charlie. It's such a big problem that universities are part of a much broader effort that involves government, involves uh, big companies, involves uh, even social media to really take seriously the subtle manipulations of information that anyone can really do. One of the things you told me, Charlie, that I didn't really think through and is is really important is just how much manipulated images have been part of history moving forward. I don't know if you remember like JFK and yeah. like the manipulated photos that they did associated with that. And so I think that um, there's been a, a real history of manipulating photography and expertise and sort of evaluating that. But the thing that's really changed is now these tools are digital and they're super easy to use. And so one of the things that actually you found and forwarded to me that I thought was really interesting, so way way to go on that. Yeah, me. Yeah, is it's a collaboration uh, between um, a university and a company. And so Adobe, who makes all kinds of, of cool software. They have been- They make Photoshop. They make Photoshop. They yeah. make Acrobat. Yes. And P- you know what PDF stands for? I never knew this. Oh, I used to know that. Printable it, design something? No, it's portable document file. There we go. That makes more sense. I knew, <laughs> I knew file was in there somewhere. <laughs> I should have just kept going. Like, nope, nope. Are you nope. sure it's not uh, Porpoise Dolphin? Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure it's not a Doberman? So um, uh, Adobe is uh, working with uh, UC Berkeley to kind of create tools that are as effective at identifying manipulated images as they are at actually manipulating them. And I think this is a really cool way to sort of use the the problem to, to, I guess, find a solution. And one of the ways they're doing it is they've got these really sophisticated photo manipulation tools. They, they talk about one in here. Uh, it's called uh, Face Aware Liquify. Um, and it's a feature that's built into Photoshop, which allows 
really anyone to use sliders to very like subtly manipulate photographs. Yeah, and, the uh, the liquify feature on Photoshop is something I use in my day to day work. So you can you can use that to kind of like a smudge tool almost. You can oh, really? Kinda, you kind of you can move around the borders. It's like an airbrush the, almost. Almost, but you can get down to the pixel level, Whoa. and so you can. You can you can really manipulate something, and it's really slick the way it works. It's frighteningly slick. Is right. that is that how you take me out of all the Unimed photos? Yes, <laughs> it's exactly how I do. It. No, ah. I use something else called. Uh, oh, you told de- me detailerify. <laughs> you told me that that was a Necronomicon spell. <laughs> well, it's it's been it's upgraded now, and so it was just a Photoshop it's an plugin. App. Oh. Yeah. All spells become so, apps. So did you get your soul back? <laughs> no, no. Well, sort of. It's on Hawk, but it. Uh, I'm working it's complicated. On it. Yeah, um, but no, the um, I, somebody I, I didn't realize how good you can get at it without really being kind of a Photoshop expert um, until I worked at um, a different place before I came to work at Unimed. Um, uh, so I, I was announcing somebody had just been hired, and so we're going to run a photo of them. And mm-hmm. they, I gave them their photos. Like, hey, do you you okay with this to be your picture that we're going to put out there with this announcement? And they and they sent it back to me. Said, use this one instead. And she lost like twenty years. She looked eighteen, <laughs> about twenty pounds lighter. I was like, who is this? Is this your daughter? Is this your your younger sister? I don't know who this. It's not you. Um, but I can't use it because this is a straight up lie. I mean, you want to make your teeth wider, fine. But come on, lady, you can't. So this is the cover of Vanity Fair here. <laughs> exactly. It was. It was brutal. Wait, was it the cover of Vanity Fair? No, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Had to clarify. No, that's oh, Cosmo. No, so anyway, so Sorry. liquify is 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 a way to really quickly and easily doctor a photo. To I mean, you can really change how, how someone looks. Just a person, anyway. I don't. Mm. I can't imagine other potential applications for it. But right, and so the 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 Adobe team that did the development with that is collaborating with UC Berkeley to sort of build backwards from it an artificial intelligence that can detect when that algorithm has manipulated a photo. And the thing that I found was really interesting is that um, they did a study where humans can identify modified photos about half the time. Mm. Um, but the artificial intelligence they were establishing was like 99% accurate. Wow. And if you think about that, it makes sense, right? Because you were like literally building the application to fool our visual process, right? But like if you look at the hallmarks that the modifications make digitally, because I mean, like we described it, pixel by pixel. Right. So there's probably a pattern in how you sort of shuffle the pixels that just tricks the human eye, but is still mm-hmm. like mathematically, what? Right. right. And, and so if you're looking for that, it's able to identify it. And that actually made me feel a lot better because, I mean, you're getting a really germane collaboration. It's uh, the people who actually develop the software, mm-hmm. and it's people who are good at developing artificial intelligence, and they they kind of get it together. And I I just I, I was hoping I was like I'm going to find a better article than this, but I didn't because I didn't look that hard. But also because I I really <laughs> thought that like you know it's 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 what we try to talk about here, right? Yeah. Like innovation out of the the box, and and two really talented groups of teams that do totally different things. Kind of chocolate. This is a it's a public private partnership. It's a PPP, right? Oh my gosh! And they're complementary complementary roles, right? Well, well, and I think that's a really good point, Tyler, because like if you think about it, you've got a a, a just super sharp development team at Adobe, getting it done, making the the algorithm work, and you're pairing that with like a hypothesis driven AI scientist at UC Berkeley who can kind of look at their work and go, oh, gee, did you think of this? Oh, gee, did you think of this? And and th- those are the types of collaborations that are really exciting. And then you also have a wing, a, a method already for getting the product out to the people, right? right? 
Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Adobe is going to launch, you know, Adobe Deepfake Detector or not. Um, it might not be commercializable, but they at least maybe it'll just be built into um, all Adobe software in the future. I that's don't know. true. Or you could, I don't know, maybe It'd be really interesting to see how they, how what they do with it. Right? How do you make it work then in a practical way? I mean, I don't know. What you, do you put it in your web browser and you've got the general? Yeah. You know, you can run a filter to say this photograph's been X percent altered. That might be an interesting way to do it. Because then you can run a Photoshop picture. plugin on your. Chrome or Google Ooh. browser. I remember when I wanted to do like a sock puppet instead of my headshot, and you're like, no, Joe. But then we could do it because yes. everyone would know that it was. Everyone knows it was a fake. No, wait. You're like, Joe, let's do a sock puppet instead of your headshot. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I right? don't know. But the point is, like, we'd have an objective been, standard. Say, like, that's not Joe. I might not have been sober for that conversation. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, it's, it makes me wonder then if they'll have to go back to sort of old school sort of uh, manipulations if, you know, where it's basically multiple exposures oh, or man, long exposures. Yeah. You're going to have that guy cutting out, uh, what was it? Um, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, legs. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, yeah, the shadows are going to be wrong yeah. or something. Well, I was just thinking about like in the you Is know turn film? like the 19th century. You know when when people say oh we got we captured a ghost. Well, back in those days the film was right. Was was though they didn't have really film. It was just all on, I think on glass plate. Right. And so the only way to get an exposure was to open the lens for like over ten minutes. Yeah. And then so. There's a couple of times where they would take a picture of like a sitting room or something. They'll open the lens up and the photographer walks away, has a cup of coffee. Meanwhile, some guy sweeping the floor might take a break and sit down. <laughs> and he sits there, crosses his legs a couple of times, gets up and, you know, walks off. When you expose the plate then, you see just this guy's sort Spirit. of- Spirit. Yeah, ghost this, janitor. Yeah, this sort of ghostly, you know, semi-transparent ghost head. You can't see his legs because they were moving while he was sitting. Anyway, yeah. so you have all these fakes out there where people think it's a ghost in a room. It's just some- dude who happened to be walking by really um but those are hard to spot because that's all in negative it's nothing there's no manipulation there it might not even yeah. be on purpose yeah and so i don't and i wonder how you can it's spot the perfect that. crime but <laughs> <laughs> nobody was aware it occurred so that'll be uh that'll be adobe's collaboration with someone else <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything is anybody working on anything for say video have you guys seen anything about that I don't have anything for video. Okay. I have more just uh, just um, concrete preventing um, actual election hacking. Oh, so well, what do you got? Software oh, yeah, and hardware yeah. technology. Oh, that's so, great. What do you have? And mine's also, um, along with, with the, the first example here, mine's also a private-public partnership, a PPP. Uh, because, you know, these big problems sometimes necessitate. You said uh, PP. <laughs> <laughs> solutions that require diverse teams <laughs> so private public partnership so what i have is a a department of defense advanced research projects agency or darpa funded project to try to secure up firm up our election technology ahead of the next big general election so okay so how about so um, you got you so got, what are they doing you got kind of two conflicting problems here right um you, there, there's a there's a major motivation to make voting as easy as possible, and you can do that by making it online, um, by making it digital, electronic. That uh, makes it easy. You don't have to be. You don't have to show up in person. Take time out of work, whatever. Uh, but doing all that, um, the accessibility introduces the opportunity for for sure. shenanigans, right? So we want a shenanigans free election. <laughs> yeah. So this is a DARPA funded project that is being um, overseen by a, a company called Galewa um, out of Portland. So this is a firm that has a lot of experience developing hardware and software that okay, is what are they unhackable. Doing? 
Um, and so what they're doing, they're really just creating a couple of solutions that actually <laughs> go back and use some old school technologies. So these solutions would use scantrons. Did they, did they invent the number two pencil? <laughs> sort of. That's uh, not quite that that old. But number no, one so pencil? They're, they're using scantrons. So, I mean, this is what they're trying to do is they're trying to kind of get the best of both worlds here. So they're trying to still scantron, provide. Just, just for anybody out there who might not know, scantron is basically, you know, the, the little piece of paper that you insert into a you fill computer in bubbles reader. yep and you, you have a computer read boxes read your bubbles. selections yeah, like yeah, you yeah. would on like a lottery ticket i guess so i guess that's what's yeah all i know is i'm investing in number two pencils <laughs> so <laughs> they the have future so yeah. they have two possibilities here one is the old school number two pencil fill in the paper scan i like it i like it go low the, tech the, the second would be you use more of like a, a screen interface and then that prints out <laughs> the sheet that then is fed into a scantron. Okay, that's so that's like an extra step. An extra unnecessary step to make you feel like you've made something high but tech. But critically, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're upgrading the hardware to make it so that, so even with these types of devices, there's still a possibility for local interference. So you could have someone mess with the scantrons basically, right? On site. So they're developing- But that would require someone on site, like on you site. said. But so you couldn't hack it from Russia. Russia true. would have to, not, not to alienate Russia- uh, or Uruguay, any other country. Honduras, Canada would have to <laughs> was, sneak was down. Our president said Norway, right? Wasn't that, that Norwegian hackers? Because yes. well known Norwegian hackers would very politely, with great tipping, would go and you know individually hack <laughs> every Scantron machine. In, in I the think country. at least three Bond villains were Norwegian. That's okay. true. I there think. might be an abundance of Norwegian Bond. I don't know. Norwegian <laughs> Bond villains will come <laughs> and hack them. Was it? Matt, Mads Milkinson, is that how you say his name? Mads from? is Norwegian? Who? He's Scandinavian, right? Isn't good, good point. Good point. Okay. Anyway, Basically all the same. From, from Casino I already Royale. said Anna Winters works at Cosmo, so what do I know? So, so what they're doing is they're upgrading the hardware so that it can recognize some malicious uh, interference. Basically, any sort of outside direct interference, the hardware will recognize that. So if you try to insert a chip or you try to manually interfere, you do something, introduce some new code into the hardware mess with the hardware in some way, shape, or form, it'll recognize it. What they're also doing, which is really cool, is all of your votes are going to be open-sourced or, or uh, publicized. So voting, it'll be anonymous, but you'll be able to go, you'll have some sort of code individually to go look up your vote to, to verify that what was recorded is what you actually chose, um, and everyone else will be able to see anonymously the tallies in real time, basically, on the web. So hmm. there'll be a website for that. So you don't have to take you know, the election official's the, word for it or the – That's the first useful, like, technology solution I've ever – because, like, all this technology is so we can report, record votes faster. Yeah. But, like, that would be really important. Being able this to is, confirm This is basically – it's basically lo-fi blockchain <laughs> for, for voting. I was going to make a blockchain. <laughs> it really is. It's basically low-tech low, low blockchain. Guys, we just – just blockchain. figured out the season of our blockchain show. <laughs> Norwegian Bond villain uses blockchain to steal the election. <laughs> the cool thing about this, too, is they're not trying dot, to commercialize. Dot, dot, pickled fish. And he they're... finds Schrodinger's cat instead. <laughs> don don don. Dude, Schrodinger's a veep. <laughs> so the best part is they're they're taking this this government-funded project and they're they're just publicly open sourcing the software and the hardware, and they're making it freely available for current election companies to just use, just implement onto their hardware. 
cool. um, or, or, or uh, retrofit their hardware, I guess. So, so yeah. So most of the stuff could be, could they be ready to use this election? This they're, election? they're hoping by the next general election, it'll be up and going. Yeah. So, and, the, and so, the so they're, they're having, election. they're collaborating with universities across the nation. 2020. Yeah. 2020. Sorry. The ne- yep. Sorry. They're collaborating with universities across the country to stress test it um, and to try to hack it. And then they're also uh, actually going to like an, in, like an international or not international, a national hackathon. Um, uh, the name is escaping me, but a national hackathon where they're just going to dare. They're challenging the best hackers in the U.S. to try to break it. Sweet. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Okay, so I'm one of the one of the billionaires, one of the several billionaires that listens to this show, and I want to invest in that technology and make it happen. What do I do? Well, I mean, this would be ripe for some some angel investing, right? I mean, this is well, this is like a public thing. Though. That'd be like a donor, wouldn't? They're not. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess there's maybe some foundation that right. would be. You could you could uh, donate to. We're yeah. a little off brand with this one because neither of our technologies are really commercially oriented. They're both right. public private partnerships. Yeah, yeah. and they're they're really uh, so go buy some Adobe stock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about the uh, or the, bankroll a supervillain, right? Bankroll a supervillain or not a super? What's the opposite of a supervillain? Do we have a is, superhero? Is there such that? a thing? <laughs> Do we have superheroes? I don't know. I guess we'll let our listeners uh, let us know on that because I think it's time to come to ground. Thank you for joining us. For Tyler Sharon, Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton on the Innovation Overground. Be sure to check our program notes. We'll have some links to some of these technologies so you can check them out. And um, I guess I ran out of words. Done. (laughs) 